0: back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. This is episode one of season two, and we are so glad you're joining with us today.
1: Yeah, we have really missed you guys. We've missed getting to share what's going on in our lives, and we've missed getting encouragement from you also, so I'm glad we're back at it.
0: Definitely, definitely. This feels good to be back together yes. in the recording studio. And this, not that Stacy and I have been a apart over the summer. Don't get me wrong. It feels good to be back together in this recording studio, and uh, we're glad to get to share with you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, let me invite you to go back and look, listen to the preview episode, which we did and we published it a few weeks ago. And it's gonna kind of overviewing season two and some of the things that we're looking forward to and we're hoping that you look forward to with us um we're going to be talking to some friends of ours yeah. some some pivotal people in our lives and Stacy's life throughout mm. the last few years and and we're going to continue doing what we've always done which is just to share with you out of our experience and out of our journey Stacy and I are not professional therapists we're not counselors but we are on this journey of mental health recovery of struggling through mental illness and um maybe there's things, we hope there's things that we are learning along the way that we can definitely share with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things that we um, kind of covered in the episode a couple weeks ago is just that, you know, God has been so sovereign in our journey and that we learned a lot in our first season. And there's some changes that we've wanted to make in order to make sure that we communicate well with you. Um, we've got a lot of media stuff going out so that you can follow along with us in some giveaway. Um, just a lot of really fun things that are going to be a part of Season 2. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. We'll have a few places along the way where we're asking you as our listeners for some feedback. We're going to have a couple of episodes probably throughout the season where uh, you may be asking us questions or even we get to tell and communicate some of your responses to some questions we ask. So we really are excited about that and we look forward to engaging with you, not only as listeners, but through social media in different ways so that you feel like you're a part of this we really feel like we are on a journey together. Yes. Stay on that journey, but also with you. Mm-hmm. And it's so important, I think, that uh, we experience hope together. And mm-hmm. if you're new to the podcast or if you're a returner from Season 1, we are so thankful for you. And uh, we can guarantee you one thing. The purpose of the Speak Out Loud podcast is staying the same from day one of our launch uh, late last year. And that is this. The Speak Out Loud podcast exists to bring hope, to share hope with those who struggle with mental illness and to those who love and support them. And that's been our experience. It's been our journey. And we want to share that with you as our listeners.
1: Absolutely. And our motivation behind that is is that, you know, I've struggled for... <laughs> almost 30 years, if not a little more than that. And there have been so many times where we have been with people and close friends and they've wanted to know how to support us. Or there have been seasons where there's been no one and we've just been struggling through this together. And so when we got the opportunity to for me to write my book and for me to get some speaking in and just to share a lot of our journey, we found that people were like going, I thought I was the only one And we have felt that way. So that's where our motivation comes from. Um, It's not easy topics, not easy for us to address these things, but we find that it is so necessary because we don't want you to feel like we have when we can help prevent that, hopefully.
0: Definitely. I think that's so important, Um, you know, that, that feeling of we're not alone, you're not alone. And I think knowing that you're walking this journey with us as listeners and those engaging with us in this podcast encourages us in that way. And we want to also encourage you that you're not alone. You're not the only one. I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day, and uh, that was the first thing out of their mouth. They said, you know, it's for so many years they thought they were the only one. Mm -hmm. Yet in many ways it was a shared experience to what we were and what we have gone through. So, um, and, And two, part of our commitment is that our story is that we're still on that journey, right? right. Um, you know, a lot of times, whether it's in the church or outside the church, people are, are kind of looking back and maybe have, have reached a place of a destination and they feel like, okay, I've been there, I've walked that road, I've done that and now here's my wisdom or here's my counsel or here's my, you know, help that I can give you in that. And I think for us, that's not us, right? We are right. We're in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we felt like even in the midst of it, There's value to to being a fellow journeyer, to sharing that story, and that if we're authentic to that and authentic to where we are in our story, then we can share that and hopefully bring encouragement to you out of that base concept. Hey, we are not alone. You are not alone.
1: And something that we found over the last season was that when we would record and people would respond with, you know what, I... I have been alone in this or I have been, um, you know, trying to figure out what my next step needed to be, that that brought us encouragement and hope. And that's not for me to sound selfish, but because we live in community, sometimes when I have felt like, gosh, is my story, the things that we struggle with going to um, be used in any way, then God just shows us, you keep telling it. And I'll keep using it. And so we just want to be in, uh, obedient to the Lord in this. And he just keeps on bringing us hope because of it. So we're very thankful for you.
0: Definitely. Well, Stacy, let's jump in. And I think a great place to jump in today is just with that theme of let's be honest and talk about kind of where we are in our journey mm-hmm. is let's talk about the summer. Yeah. So our, our, we wrapped up the season one really at the at the end of spring. And we put out our last episode at the very end of May. And uh, so we've had several months now, and in a lot of ways, it was a good summer, yes. but it's also been a hard summer in a right, lot of ways. Right, And so, Stacey, just kind of talk about that a little bit, and then maybe what made it both for you.
1: Yeah. Well, something that if you have any type of mental illness or depression with the mental illness, you can probably identify with this. So we had awesome time with family and friends, just unhurried just time just to be able just to check in on each other and see how each other's really doing, get away from the house and away from work. And uh, that was 100% beneficial. The flip side of that is it's almost like my brain is split and the the hard parts and the more complicated and the depressive and the um, um, anxious parts of my brain go with us to those times when we are trying to relax and be with family and friends. So it's it's always seemed like a double-edged sword. It always seems that way. Um, at the beginning of the summer, I got uh, something in Florida when we were away, and I came home sick. Very much an upper respiratory situation, and we're sure it wasn't COVID and everything. Uh, they think it was some type of adult RSV, respiratory um, infection, and it affected me so much. Like if it would have given someone without an eating disorder or these uh, mental illness problems uh, a cold, well, when your immune system is low, it gives you something full out and out that'll just you know put you on your back, and that's what happened. I was down for about three weeks. I felt really bad, and um, it just seemed like when I was alone sometimes, um, because. I mean, Doug needed to go to work, friends were needing to be in and out of town, and I was needing to rest. It just seemed like any time that I was by myself, that unhealthy memories um when I was alone would really not just creep in, but would just like slam me. And um, the girls would, uh, come in and out and I could get some breaks at that time from it, but really overall, it was just a really hard time for almost a month of me just having really difficult memories. For example, when our girls were little, um, Little Bitty, if you heard in season one or um, anything about, you know, kind of how they were raised differently um, in that I was sick most of the time when they were growing up uh, from anorexia that i missed a lot i felt like i might have been there but i was just a shell and any time that i get alone or not feeling well i get down about that because it's like the enemy just ushers that in so fast and just says you missed everything and now those girls live in dallas and um
0: it was kind of like those thoughts just just you couldn't escape them I right i couldn't they were just um I don't know if obsessive is the right word. Very much. Obsessive,
1: intrusive.
0: Yeah, but they were there. And I think it also speaks to just how much, you know, we're not two separate beings, right? One being physical, one being mental. I mean, we're one person. And so when the physical is impacted and your body is fighting a sickness and you're weaker or you're worn out, it plays into being weaker on some of these other battles you have to face with battles with other struggles you have in in your mind and with mental illness and maybe your emotions. So we're, we're definitely not like just siloed off in these different parts of our existence and our being. God has made us as whole unified people and all that kind of impacts and it makes it it can it can make that like that be a, a spiral that's hard to get out of.
1: Sure, and it's exactly what it did. I spiraled out to where I was going, why am I here? I had wanted to be a mom my whole life, and getting to have Shelby and Riley has been just the best, biggest miracle because of my health, but also gift and so the enemy knows right where to attack. Yeah. Stacy, if you haven't been a good mom to those sweet girls who have deserved and had such mercy and grace and love towards you, don't continue to, um, you know, hurt them or hurt their lives and everything. So the ultimate question became, why are you here, Stacy? Why are you here? And that's what I could not get off my mind.
0: And there were some days I'd come home from work in the midst of the summer, kind of the middle, you know. What they call what the dog days, right? When it's hot and it's just hard to even be outside, and you're stuck inside. And um, I mean, you were really battling with that, mm-hmm. and that was really something that was that was quite overwhelming to you. And and we're going to get into this um, here later in the episode, but um, if you could say one or two things, was there something that you say? Okay, this. It wasn't like there was a moment that just led you out of it. It was, it was, a, it was a road you had to kind of walk out of that. But mm-hmm. anything in particular you can point to to say, that helped me turn a corner, maybe? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. There was something that just seemed so simple and maybe understated. And um, it's that sometimes I would be lying there or doing something in the house, and um, I would just say God's name. I would just call out to him and I would just say, Jesus. And it's like he just knew, of course he knew, to just um, love on me in the best way he could. Some ways um, that that happened where people would show up at the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, people would just, out of the blue, stop by when I hadn't even talked to them to say, would you come and see me? And, and I will
0: say, Stacy, too, you were very intentional about overcoming isolation. Yeah. You didn't just let yourself isolate during this, these down couple of months. You mm-hmm. were intentional. And because of that, I think some of those people were able to speak into your life. And yeah. I know there's one maybe instance you're going to share a little bit later about that. But I think that was so important mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's, it would be just second nature to get into those down states and to say, I'm just going to kind of hole up and isolate because you don't want to be around people. Yeah. And yet you the discipline of recovery was you forced yourself out of that to be around others, to go to appointments, to, to continue to do all the things you, you've been doing in recovery. And it wasn't overnight, but it helped you turn some corners, I think, and kind of, you know, you were spiraling down because of being sick, and it helped you kind of walk the long road up, too, at the same time.
1: I think so. And another thing about it, going back, too, um, when I would just say God's name out loud, and and I would just say Jesus, please help me, um, I feel like I was able to follow that by saying, every thought I'm having right now, I want to just give to you, God. I it's too much for me, and um, I, I would just confess to him that I couldn't handle these heavy, heavy thoughts and the spiraling out of my mind on my own, and that, um, uh, humility I feel like with God, allows him to come in and just go, you know what, you need me to carry you right now. And I I can do that. I can do that. A matter of fact, it's his pleasure and honor to be able to do that when we admit we cannot handle our situation on our own. And that's what I did for almost a month.
0: It's that great truth, right? When we are weak, we can be strong because he is strong and it's not on our own. It's through his strength. We've jumped into this a little bit, Stace, but, but you know, um, for those of you listening, for, if you have a loved one or a friend who struggles with mental illness, you'll know, and we say this often, that there's no straight line of recovery. As much as we would love for there is to be, you're starting at point A, and it's just an upward climb, no blips, no ups and downs, to some finishing point, that's probably nobody's reality, but it certainly hasn't been our reality. So there's lots of ups and downs. And so there are going to be these these challenges along the way. And I think if your expectation is that that won't happen, it, it can be even more of a setback, whether you struggle or your loved one struggle, because you set them up. You set yourself up or you set your loved one up um, for for maybe even uh, to be pushed down more by an unmet expectation. So, Stacy, kind of how do you, how do we navigate those ups and downs? Is there anything else you would say maybe from what we've already just said about how how you manage that process and how, you know, how do you climb out of those downs and and have um, more of a consistent recovery?
1: Managing the up days is not a problem. Sure. I'm going to go right to how to manage the down days because I feel like that's when people are in a crisis situation. And so the first thing I do is I make myself get up. Out of bed and ask for God's strength to do that because when I stay in bed, it's eight o'clock, then it's ten o'clock, then it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and to lose a whole day to depression and, and and anxiety and to get off my meal plan, the the structure of eating makes my medicine not work. It all just makes things go really down fast. So I make myself get up, and this seems so trivial, but I, I heard this a long time ago, and. Um, I do this. I make myself get up, and I make the bed so I can't get back in it, because I would. I absolutely would. While I'm getting ready, getting my contacts in and all that kind of stuff, I say 1 Peter 5 almost every single morning, if not every single morning. And that is, um, it's something that you've probably heard a little bit of, and it's just like, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty right hand, that in due time He will lift you up. And this is the part you've probably heard, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. The burdens and the hardships of the day can already start to flood into my mind when I'm even getting out of bed, making the bed and getting ready. So I just ask God to lighten my load so that I can even fight. And the best way for me to do that is to hand it to him and to reach out to at least one friend or family member or person Um, whether it be on my health team, um, or a friend that I just have from church or just from, just from life. If I don't do that at least once a day, I know that sounds like a lot. Um, and yes, I do get tired of doing that. Sometimes I want to just be by myself. But that does not prove to be okay for me, especially when I've been in the season that I've been in. Um, I, I do sometimes want to be by myself, but sometimes that is not wise. The next thing that I often do is I get outside and go to a place where I can be seen so that I'm safe. Um, Doug's traveled a lot lately, and um, so I've, I know I'm a grown woman. <laughs> but when I have felt unsafe in my home, by myself, I pack a bag and I go to my friends' houses. They all have big houses, they all have a guest room and or a sofa and I show up there with um, them and we have a great night together and I'm safe.
0: Let's just clarify real quick too, Stace, when you say you don't feel safe, it's not so much feeling safety from things on the outside, right? Right. It's more about struggling with, okay, I want to put some barriers around just getting too deep into my own head into my own struggles with mental illness and 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 not just getting so stuck in isolation that those thoughts really become overwhelming to the point you can't get out of them on your own
1: that's right because honestly if we talk about the elephant in the room what what our minds can scream for us in these seasons of feeling so down is take your life yeah take your life and uh sometimes you know if you've ever experienced self-harm. That'll kind of stave off taking your life. But when your mind is that bent towards doing something, you're not in your wise mind. You're not thinking consequences. You're only thinking, I can't do this anymore. Everybody would be better off without me. I would be better off if I wasn't here. And I'm done, I'm finished. And I know that that sounds very extreme, Whatever but that's the it depths is, you can
0: get to. Whatever yeah.
1: it is, that extreme black and white, whatever you want to call it, that's where my mind goes. So the last things that I do is that I pray that I will learn what God is teaching me in this dark time. Because he does not waste any time on teaching all of his things if we will just say, God, what is it that you want me to learn? Can you just make it very plain for me, very obvious for me? Because I don't want to waste any of those days even. And know that God's purpose doesn't change with my highest highs and my lowest lows. He just works right through them. It's like a highway going um, through the middle of a city. He just, it just happens. He's that powerful. He is that strong. Yeah. He is that intentional and that attentive to his children.
0: And, Stacey, I like, go back to something you said even earlier at the beginning of the episode when you talked about um, kind of telling our listeners. Hey, you are not alone in your struggle. I -hmm. think uh, even for the the, the amount of time you've spent in recovery and for lack of a better word of saying it, saying it, the experience you have of doing recovery, Mm -hmm. it was still critical to you this summer and hitting some of those low points to not feel alone, both physically and, and you felt the presence of God through other people. And so often... We, we talk about that God's not left us alone, but, you know, we often feel that by being in the presence of other people who also know Him and walk with Him. But at the same time, you you sense that God was with you even in those dark days, that He hadn't left you to struggle all by yourself.
1: Absolutely. And the thing with that is, is it takes a response. His action requires a response from me. He is actively a part of my life. He is in my heart. He, he inhabits this world, and He is right there with me. But... I have to let him in on what my mind is doing. I have to say, God, you know, I am really angry right now with where I am emotionally, with my depression, physically. Um, I know I've lost some weight. I know I'm going to have to gain that weight back because of being sick. And it, it can be so frustrating. So frustrating, but I have to just sometimes go, God, I don't want to let you into this. I don't trust you right now. I'm actually pretty um, angry. He can handle my anger. He can handle your anger anger and frustration that's there. But I also just have to say, God, I got to just put all my um, different things down, all my weapons down and just go, God, would you just help me in the best way you know how you made me? You created me. You knew that my days were going to look like this right now. None of this is a surprise to you. And so I just need for you to just forge a path right through all of this mess that I cannot see through for a second. It's very murky, very messy, very confusing. Make a way. Please make a way.
0: Yeah, the key word I think you said there, stays with trust, right? Mm Mm-hmm you trust when we trust others we let them into our lives if we don't trust we, we wall people off mm-hmm. so the same is true with god right we if we're trusting him we're inviting him in even to these depths of these struggles and problems it's when we don't trust that we try to he knows it already but we try to wall him off and not let him in and that's you know it really just makes the problem worse it doesn't doesn't fix it because only he can bring hope and solution to that. One of the things I think you just said really caught my attention was that you said it's it's not hard to navigate the up days, and you jumped into navigating the down days and how important that was. What I see from my perspective is that I have to sometimes do the opposite. I have to navigate the up days. To whereas your husband, as to one, it's kind of your your cheerleader in this process. I don't let myself then get ahead of the recovery. Sure. Because I can look at those up days and and my tendency, I've said it before, is I think the finest line that at least I have to walk and that many of us have to walk, Mm -hmm. especially as loved ones of someone who has a struggle with mental illness. Is that opt? Is that line between being optimistic and denial, right? Yeah. And so, um, and I think I've I've been on that line a lot, and I've fallen on both sides of that line many times. Mm-hmm. But I think I have to be careful not just to say, "Hey, we're, we've made it, right? We're there. We're only going to experience updates from now on." And I think one, because that's not fair to you, because that's not realistic, and it's not fair. It's not a fair expectation of recovery. And if I begin to set those kind of expectations, if we as a cheerleader and loved one of someone who struggles begins to set those expectations, we can really do more damage than good. Because it's almost like we're breathing breathing—we're breathing a sigh of relief and we're just now assuming that, okay, this is how it's going to be. We, we've made it. And when you let your guard down and you become complacent, I can either fail to, to be attentive to something that's going on in your life. Or I can even make it harder to regain momentum in recovery because I, I've put this expectation out there that feels like somehow it feels like, oh, I've, I've failed if I don't meet this expectation, right? And that's not fair because the down days of recovery are not failures. Right. That's really important to understand. They're not failures, it's just reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Recovery is an up and down process, it's not a straight line.
1: Yeah, but I know why you do that. I know why when there's any glimmer of hope or light in this darkness that you, it's so encouraging, even if it's for a day, that you want that so bad for me, for us. So I get that. Yeah. That's not a good you know, a fault of yours. That's just you going, you know what, maybe this will be the beginning of many, many days like this. Yes. And I'm not saying it won't be.
0: And part of my charge, I really feel like, is to hold out that banner of hope for you right. and for our family. Mm-hmm. And, and when you are down, if I can bring hope into that situation mm-hmm. in, in any number of ways, even if it's just sitting with you and reminding you of things that uh, to help maybe try to Get those obsessive thoughts out of the way and remind you of truths. Um, you know that's my charge: is to be and to hold the banner of hope for us.
1: Absolutely. But at the
0: same time, um, to to not set an unfair expectation either. And that that is another maybe that's a whole other balancing act that uh, we have to walk and face. But I think it's true we have to we have to effectively walk on both sides of that line, and to be hopeful and to share hope, to to carry hope. And also be realistic and not grow discouraged. Not Maybe it's me not being so discouraged when you're down that I, I contribute to the spiral and don't help lift you up out of the spiral. Sure. So let's talk about this thought, Stacey, because I think momentum, we, we've kind of been, I think, describing momentum a little bit, but momentum, it, it, momentum and recovery is so important. So how do you get it? And maybe most important is how do you get it back after you've lost it?
1: I guess one of the main things is is to not compare my pace of recovering from a bump, no matter what the size of the bump is, to someone else's. I think we can get into this cycle of going measuring our uh, progress or digression in comparison to someone else. And just as we were made to be our own individual self, we're going to have our own individual pace. And when I go out with friends and they don't struggle with mental illness. They have another struggle, but they it may not be specifically mental illness. And I see that they're doing so well in something. I'm like, Ah, oh, Stacey, what's your problem? Why aren't you excelling in that way when you have the same God that they have? And I never win in that. Never do yeah. I win. And it's not because mine is so different that it's not as good. It's just different. Uh, when I compare, I lose focus and I lose very vital ground. So that's that's two. Those are two things I want to share about momentum. Do not compare, and wh- if you do compare, um, I lose my focus, and that is not okay. I need to stay focused on what God's plan is for my life, be an encouragement yeah, to my friends and in their lives, and uh, encourage them in their struggles and just stay very focused everybody's plumb line looks different and i just got to stay focused on what mine looks like
0: yeah i know i was really bad in high school in physics there was a lot of subjects i was good at physics was definitely not one Um, but i do know this about momentum if you just think of it as you know the physical momentum that that we get a car gets whatever it's all tied to motion right it's tied to movement, it's tied to motion. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about, you know, even for me, like in a if I'm at work and, and and just doing my job, momentum, getting momentum for the day always begins with activity. The more I can be active, the more I can be doing, the more I can get accomplished, it just builds momentum for the day. I lose momentum if things kind of stall out, if you get stuck in an email, or you get stuck, you know, in a meeting like many of you may experience before for for way too long. You can kind of lose momentum. So regaining momentum is all about just starting motion again. So when we put that in the context of recovery, I think it starts with just taking the next right small step. It's it's maybe not letting, if you have a bad day, uh, trying to get it turned around quickly. It's like, okay, what, you know, if it's in the morning, well, what in the afternoon can I do to to take the next right step? Call a friend, get outside. Um, you know, if, if you're on a medicine regimen, uh Make sure you're taking your medicine, um, not, you know, skipping an appointment with a therapist or maybe making an extra call to a therapist. If you've had a really bad day, well, how does the next day, what are some things you can set in place? Because it's easy to stay at rest, right? It's easy to stay at rest in recovery. Mm-hmm. And, and what that can do, is it can let those things just continue to, to slow down, stop, and, and, and even get on a negative spiral. And you've got to take some action, some step to, to, to rebuild to regain momentum. And anytime you get moving in the right direction, the next step and the next step and the next step becomes easier and easier and easier. And that's the power of momentum. And so I think that's where it's so important. And, and you often say this, Stacey, and I you know this is a just a mantra of your recovery is do the next right thing. It's do mm-hmm. the next right thing. So for me, as your support person, it's also for me to encourage and help you do that next right thing. So, Stacy, when we, when we talk about momentum, I think another thing momentum helps us accomplish or helps us build is resilience. And resilience helps to smooth out those roller coasters, the roller coaster ride of the ups and downs of mental illness. Right. Um, so when we say that word resilience, uh, and that kind of became a theme word for us a lot this summer. Sure. Um, what does resilience mean to you?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I get the ability to experience resilience sometimes from my medication regimen. Uh, that is very important to my to my well-being. Um, we know that that can be very controversial, but in our life, in our marriage, in our relationship with God, we do feel like that it is okay with Him for me to take medication. It helps keep me here, and that's mm-hmm. the ultimate yeah. goal. Uh, resilience is not giving into my mind, which is where the medicine sometimes is ushered in, but learning and becoming basically a student of it. And what I mean by that is anytime you wanna learn about something, you become a student of it so that that way you know how to strategize um, with or against it. And what I try to do is not give into my mind, but rather become a student of it so that I can strategize with scripture and with prayer and with helping those around me to know what's going on in my mind so that they can help me fight on many days um, when I reach out to them. So resilience is built over time. Time is something we have definitely experienced with mental illness. Time has proven to make us very tired sometimes to feel victimized sometimes. But I think the opposite of victimized is, is resilience. And um, so That's the side we try to err on top of. It is hard. Um, I wouldn't say we go seasons of feeling victimized about it, but I do feel some days that the pressure and the weight of it keeps us very um, heavy feeling. But um, I do feel like that the opposite and learning to be a student of it can really help me very, very much and just going, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what it takes for me to be here. And not only that, because I know what my mind's going to do in response to this situation, I'm going to go ahead and fight it so that I can thrive.
0: Yeah. I think, one, Stacey, I would say um, I've really admired the resilience you have built in your life. And, and that it does, like you said, it's over time. It builds over time. You have to walk through struggle to, to, to build the, the skill set and the muscles of resilience, if you will, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, as as quick as down as this summer became, particularly after being sick, and how I think that surprised both of us. We weren't expecting that. We really weren't. Um, you, you had to lean on the resilience you've built over time and over the last few years to give you strength and to give you wisdom and knowledge to know one. Okay, I can bounce back from this. I've done it before. I can do this. Right. And it gave me that resilience, too. It -hmm. gave gave me that hope to say, we've done this before. We can do it again. Uh, But two, it also gave you some of the tools. It Mm -hmm. gave you the tools to know how to do it. There's a great Bible verse that talks about this very thing. It talks about how suffering produces endurance, which I think is another word for resilience. Right. And resilience builds character, Mm -hmm. which is that inner strength to say, like we just said, um, you've got a character of recovery about you to say, I don't have to quit. I can, I can rest on this experience and know that what God has carried me through in the past, what I've had the strength to do in the past, I can do again. And all those things then combine to lead to hope. Mm-hmm. And they give you that hope to say, even if I'm having a down day, I know that God's not given up on me. I'm not going to give up on myself. And I have the tools to overcome this. So one of the things we've talked a lot about too babe is that um, that community helps to build resilience mm-hmm. and, and we've even talked about not being isolated. So how have you seen even over these last few months real clear examples of how living in community has helped you build and and, and capture recapture resilience in your recovery?
1: Well, I don't. I know we don't believe in coincidence, and there are times when God has a certain friend, a uh, certain community around you for a very specific reason, and I don't believe that is just happenstance. And literally just a few weeks ago, this happened with a friend um, where I was having um, one of the toughest weeks as, as I was coming out of not feeling well. And the spiral was really continuing. And we came out of a Bible study together and she said, Stacy, was that, how was that? And I said, I said, everything's hard. I said, Lori, everything is hard. She could see that. She could see that. What I needed from her um, was for somebody to help push the reset button basically in my mind. And still, um, I still am trying to make it out of that difficult season of believing and agreeing with the lies in my head. But when you say things out loud to somebody and they are, they are not in the mindset that you're in, it's very um, important that they speak truth back into your life. And that's exactly what she did so that I couldn't agree with those lies. I would say something and just hands down, she would say, that's a lie. And I would say something else. And she would say, and so is that Stacey, that is a hundred percent a lie. The lies that you're believing. Wow. There are so many. The lies that I've been told have been so many. And so just some me saying those out loud, see if I kept them inside my head, they just grew bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger.
0: Wow, that's so important. I, I
1: yeah. just really don't see how I would be here today. I know this was only a few weeks ago. I get that. And I know that we're here doing this podcast about how God breathes his life into us. But this just goes to say and show how real mental illness is and how real the enemy is also. Yeah. And she literally would say, that's a lie. That's a lie. So that that would reset just like that in my mind.
0: And I think so, what's so important to, to know and to hear on that is that you didn't go that night necessarily expecting that to happen. I know. Right? <laughs> so there was two things. One, I would say you still had, it was momentum. You you took a step of motion to go to this, this Bible study, this gathering, to not be alone. And you might not have felt like it. You might not have wanted to go, but you, you went. And you weren't expecting that, okay, I'm going to walk away with this kind of an experience where this friend is going to stay for an hour afterwards with me and have this kind of interaction.
1: But there were two things that I knew about that night. Number one. I was going to a Bible study and I felt yeah. safe in that Bible study that yeah. God's word was going to be read and talked about and not merely um, a, be a gossip session. Yeah. And number two, I felt safe with the friend I went with. That's I knew That's that huge. she wouldn't yeah. let me go down the path. And yes, I apologized 10 times in that conversation out in the parking lot that night. But friends, you can't ever underestimate the power of God's word and words being spoken over someone. Yeah. Um, It's like a, sh- a child. You say, You're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb to that child. And that child will absolutely believe it. When the enemy right. gets a hold of our minds and when mental illness and depression get a hold of our minds, it takes so much work and energy to dig out of that. But that's why it's so important. You, as somebody who is, um, maybe the cheerleader, the support for someone with mental illness to not give up. Yeah, it may huge. not look like what you think it should look like, but honestly, it's not about you. Yeah. It's about God being able to um, be spoken into that person's life so that they have another day, yeah. another day to fight.
0: Well, I think it's a good place for us uh, to publicly say thank you to our friends. That's right. And, and we wouldn't be here without our friends lifting us up, both of us, right. both of us, um, and, and encouraging us and, and spurring us on to this point. Mm-hmm. I want to give us a quick uh, shout-out to a, fr- a friend of ours who's also uh, one of our pastors at our church. And just the sermon he, he shared this last Sunday, uh, Landry talked a lot about, um, about this very thing, about the importance of living together in community. And one of the the Bible verses he referenced Talks about this. It's in Hebrews chapter ten, and he just says, "And let us." The last part of this in verse twenty-four says, "Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another." And all the more, as you say the day, as you see the day approaching, and I think that talks about uh, you see the day of Christ's return. But you see, as as the days get harder, basically, as the days get harder. Let's not grow distant. Let's grow closer together because it's only there that we can spur one another on and encourage one another. And I think that was so critical, such a turning point. I could see the, the difference, Stacy. not to say that there weren't hard days after that, but I could see the immediate difference that night made. If there was a yeah. turning point this summer, it was that evening, it was that, that hour you spent with your friend mm-hmm. and... Um, just how critical that was and how God used that time to, to kind of lead you out of this spiral yeah. and to walk out of that.
1: I'm sure she felt like she had run 15 miles, but she did it.
0: It's resilience. It's resilience on your part, and it's resilience on your friends and your loved ones' parts, mm-hmm. too. Resilience is so important to each of us. So, so one more thing let me ask you, Stace. Um, when we talk about resilience— what does that look like for for you and and what does that look like maybe just for someone who struggles with mental illness?
1: Just I'll tell you three things um in closing here that are absolutely um, my definition in action of resilience. Some days and moments are choosing life. It's just that simple. It's choosing to live. That can look very scary for you, Doug, I know. Um, it was really hard this summer when you would walk in and sometimes you'd run through the door and you would, if I wasn't in the front room, you would be like, Stacy, Stacy, where are you? And the, the, uh, the fear in your voice mm-hmm. was um, disheartening and um, that should never have to be. And so that really puts a, a fuel into the fire for me to live but some days and moments are choosing to live. Some days and moments um, looks like taking one bite and then the next until I've eaten my full meal plan for that day. Yeah. That is one of the hardest commitments.
0: And that's so critical as uh, part of your anorexia recovery because yeah. we know it plays not only into an eating disorder recovery, it plays into depression, uh, how medicine treats depression, all those kind of things. So mm-hmm. it it's a foundational piece.
1: Right, and when you have a mind that's, doesn't want you to ever win some days and moments it looks like not cutting or hurting myself when I feel I deserve it for messing up or for saying the wrong thing or for feeling like I've bothered a friend Mm -hmm. or have not sounded up when you have texted or called me from work when I know you're having a very busy day and I've wanted to be reassuring I perhaps didn't do that um wanting to be um such a better mom to the girls than what they grew up with, even though I didn't mean to not be then. I just want it to be different now. So there's a lot of very methodical things that some days and moments need to look like. And I will tell you that some days I'm saying scripture out loud, but one of my very favorite things to do to um to help with that resilient stamina basically is to play loud worship music and some of yeah. my neighbors can probably hear it, Yeah. but um, there's some awesome music out there and I, I like it to be loud so that maybe it'll override the loudness in my mind and I have no no qualms with doing that. So sure. yeah. um, just those are just several things that I do over and over and over again because my mind spits out the same thing. Over and over and over again, and it's very deceptive and very hurtful. Yeah. So in order to win, resilience has to look like those those things.
0: And I think when you have those down moments, uh, resilience can lead you to get back up, and despair can keep you down. Right. And so um, how do you find the strength to get back up is key. And one, it's experience. It's, it's like we said, it's building up those muscles of you've done it before, you can do it again kind of thing. But in the end, it's, it rests truly in hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking of this, this one verse. It's a common verse. Many of you may have heard it before. It's at the end of Isaiah chapter 40. But it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And I think that word renew there can be tied to resilience. You'll you'll not stay down in despair. You can get back up, tackle the next day, do the next right thing. And this is the promise that it says here. It says, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I think if there's any passage of Scripture maybe that um, we want to say to you that, that struggles with mental illness, because we know there's no breaks, we know there's no vacations, you can't check it at the door and come back and pick it back up again in two weeks, this is a word of hope and encouragement for you. Mm -hmm. And I know, Stacey, you've planted these words deep in your heart, and um, they mean a lot to us for sure. Definitely. Well, before we go, and uh, if you've not heard it before, um, just Stacey's, kind of life verse that defines your life. But Stacey, maybe share that with us as a group to, mm. to close out today.
1: It's very brief, but it is very powerful, and it takes a commitment. It's an action on my behalf. And it says, I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And that's um, in Psalm one eighteen seventeen. And some of the shortest verses in the Bible are the most powerful, it seems like, in my life. And so you don't have to memorize Millions of scriptures, those help, but if you can just remember that for today, wherever you are today, to commit to live and not die, and to say what God has done for keeping you alive another day, that is huge. That That is resilience, and that can be your life.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. God, thank you for uh, for for finding resilience this summer and thank for living you. in that. Well, friends, we want to thank you for joining us today on uh, this first full episode of Season 2. Mm-hmm. We can't wait to come back to you each week with new episodes and bring you more of our story and, and more interviews with people that we think will be an encouragement to you as they've been an encouragement to us. Right. Next week, we're going to be talking to uh, Phoebe Barron, who mm-hmm. we had a chance to visit with last, last season. And Phoebe's going to be coming back this week or next week and talking to us about um, one of her specialties, which is trauma and and dealing with trauma and how important uh, getting therapy for that is and treatment for that. So we invite you back to listen to Phoebe as we have a chance to talk with her and, and all of us learn from her. But I think you'll really be encouraged by that. If you've not yet checked us out on any of our social media platforms, we'd love for you to follow us there. We have new social media specifically for the podcast with an Instagram page and a Facebook page just called Speak Out Loud Podcast. Stacy has um, her Speak Out Loud pages as well, which you can follow both on Instagram and also on Facebook. Uh, Stacy mentioned her book earlier. If you'd like to find a copy of that, it's entitled You Are Worth Saving, Letters of Hope from a Desperate Heart. It's available on Amazon. You can search for that. Search by her name, and that'll pop up. And you can order that. We're hopeful that really soon the audiobook version of that will be available. That was something that we were working on over the summer, and the the mastering of that and all the help we've been getting with that process is almost done, so it should be coming out this fall. You can get that there. Um, On your podcast player, if you've not yet followed us, we invite you to follow us. That way you're, you're notified whenever a new episode is available. Our goal this season is to release a new episode each Thursday of the week up almost till Christmas. So that's our goal. We're really hopeful we can keep to that schedule. Um, We'd love for you to give us a rating, give us a review. That helps us so much in spreading the word about the podcast and, and reaching more people that need to know hope and feel hope in their journey with mental illness. And finally, Stacy and I are both available uh, to groups, whether it be a church group, uh, maybe a civic group, a, a school group of some nature, to come and speak and to share about our story, mm-hmm. share about finding hope. Stacy's been doing that some more this last year, even despite COVID, had opportunities to speak to different groups and just share her story. But if you'd like to do that, you can find our contact information on the Speak Out Loud podcast pages. We would love to hear from you. Shoot us a message, and, and we would love for those kind of opportunities.
1: Absolutely, um, yeah.
0: Part of our purpose is to share and bring hope out of our journey and not point to just us, but point to the hope we received from God. Yeah. So uh, we would welcome those opportunities. Uh, please let us know if, if there's a need we can help bring to your group and by telling our story and pointing to the true hope which we've experienced. Well, friends, until next time, we appreciate you. We thank you, and we look forward to the next chance we get to be together. God bless you guys.
1: Have a good week.